Welcome to Highly Irritable. This is my daddy's show. I love that song. <laughs> that might new, be my new favorite song, I got to tell you. I know, it's good. Well, welcome to another podcast 
with Highly Irritable. I'm your host, Adam Lee. And I'm Marissa Jane. Marissa Jane, the lovely, the beautiful, the sweet, the not-so-innocent, sex-toy-loving woman. Oh, you're too kind. I swear, sometimes. But let me tell you, as you guys can listen to or hear, the podcast has a special guest today. We are going to gear the whole show towards this gentleman and his band. That song you just heard was called Burn It Down, and it is by a band called Afterlife, and I'm sure some of you have already heard of this band, um, but I would like to welcome to the stage, because he is not only going to interview, but he's also going to be part of our show today, because we are doing a game show. Yay! 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 Marissa hasn't had one in a while. She was like itching like a crackhead. I'm deprived. <laughs> Yeah, there's not very many things she cracks out about, but game shows are one of those things. Right, babe? Oh, yeah. So anyways, without further ado, I would like to welcome this gentleman to the stage. Uh, his name is Tyler Levinson, and he is the lead singer of a band called Afterlife. Tyler, welcome to the stage, my friend. What's up? What's going on? How are you doing? I'm doing good. Throwing back a couple brews. Yeah. And yeah, having a good night. Right on. We've been, uh, we, I've been looking forward to this for a while. Me too. I was like the whole week, I was like, oh, fuck, you know, Thursday, here we go. Yeah. Have the best interview ever. I'm stoked. <laughs> right on. Right on. Well, hey, uh, so why don't you tell us a little bit about like kind of the backstory of Afterlife? Like, how did it all begin? And well, actually, you know what? Let's not go there. Let's start this. How how did you get into music? What influenced you to get into music? So, like, I love this. I love this question because it's such an unorthodox way to get thrown into music. So, um, I had a friend's band many years ago play a show. And I was going to the show and I was like friends with everybody in the band. I liked the band. I knew all the music. So we are on the way to the show. We get to the show. The singer in the actual band couldn't make the show. He got like in a car accident or something. I'm not sure. So they were like, all right, well, we can't drop the show. We got to still perform. And someone was like, why doesn't Tyler just do it? And like at that time, I was like, oh, my God. I was like maybe 18, 19 years old. And I was like yeah let's do it so we play the show and people are loving it just going insane and like as we were finishing the singer of the band made it to the show came into the show saw what was going on and then just walked out and that was i was just like he was that was just it um so i was in a band called every passing dream for a couple of years um and then at one point we decided to just kind of like not do that band anymore and that's how afterlife came about so you so you didn't even have like singing lessons or anything right i haven't i didn't take singing lessons or work with a vocal coach up until the last couple of years holy cow so you so, literally were standing side stage and someone said dude we need basically you. yeah literally <laughs> basically and it was like and it was my first time i think ever like screaming or doing because at that time it was all screaming right yelling or something i don't know there was no technique involved at the time and like the next month later like we started like writing like a, an ep so it was like into it like no preparation just having fun and you know i'm here today because of it so it's awesome that's crazy i've heard it takes like years of practice to be able to do screamo because it takes like yeah. a lot it was i remember losing my voice like anytime i try to do anything at that point and it 
it, I think it, it also calloused my voice to make it sound the way it does today um, by just like the trial and error of screaming and just fucking my voice up. And then, you know, now that's how I am. And then after all the touring we've already done, it's like, it's kind of like just talking at this point. Like I can just scream whenever and it doesn't hurt. It doesn't give any strain on my voice or anything like that. So I guess I'm thankful it happened the way it did. Well, it's kind of crazy though, because you write the songs for Afterlife too. Um, I know you've written a majority of this album's songs too. Yeah. Were you writing poetry before you even got thrown up to the stage or were you writing songs before that even happened? No, not really. Um, I, I it's, it's funny to say because I wasn't really involved in music growing up. Like I wasn't like, I didn't have like, I don't think favorite bands until I was like maybe you know, 18 or 19 or something. So I, I wasn't really involved like how kids nowadays are, you know, you talk to a 12 year old, he'll tell you 10 of his favorite bands. Right. Um, so like, I just got thrown into it and just got immersed in this world of like just heavy music. And like one of the first bands that ever got me into heavy music was Norma Jean. Oh, okay, and yeah. I fell in love with that band. And in the summer of 2019, we actually got to tour with them, which was like a huge, like full circle type thing. Um, so it, it's just cool how things like that happen. I, it, I'm thankful for it. It's wild. I, I mean, <clears throat> it takes people, I mean, that's like, a. I guess you could say that's like some sort of a natural ability for you to be able to kind of jump in the hot seat like that. And then yeah. boom, start pumping songs out. It's not, I mean, and how long did it take you to literally, so let's just say like a song, like, um, one of my favorite songs, Marissa and I love this one is broken home. Okay. And, um, like, how long did it take you to really write that song? Well, Broken Home, uh, so the whole thing with that song is we, myself, my guitar player, and our producer, Zach Jones, were here in Florida, and we were just messing around with, like, um, like some synth production, and we were just playing around with a bunch of stuff. And he was like, you know, why don't we write a song about your past? And I was like, I don't really know if I want to kind of, like, talk about that right now because I didn't feel ready to talk about it. So then when we started writing for the full length, because we were doing writing sessions in advance, when we started writing for it, he was like, I really think this could be a song that can touch a lot of people and can, you know, really make an impact. So we sat down, we started writing it. And I said, the only way I'll write a song like this is if it's like, like real life accounts of what happened. Mm. I wanted to tell the story from the, the incident it's, where it started all the way you know, to where it ended for the song. I couldn't go on like forever about it. So when I wrote that, it was all like, just, I was just telling basically what happened. That it so it's, really is. I mean, listening to the lyrics of it and then kind of reading you talk about it. Cause it, it, it is true though, that at the age yeah. of 14, you came home one day and out of nowhere, your dad just decided to kick your ass. Yeah. It, like, so like I was out with like, so one of my friends at that time, his, you know, father committed suicide and, you know, I was being a good friend, the best friend I could at, like at that time, like to be there for him. I got home and I'm like, I told my dad about it and he just was spitting off the wall about all this other stuff. And like, just kind of like, it just made me mad. So I obviously I, I knew at 14, I said something I don't mm. exactly remember, but like I, I said something and I went to my room and then that's where it all started. It just spiraled out of control at that point. And that was just like the, the events of that night 
And then that's where it took the song. And we wanted it to song, like we wanted the song to feel very, it's a sad song. Like yeah. when we play it live, like grown adults will come up to the merch table and they're like, I can relate to that song. Or this is what happened to me when I was a kid. Or there was times when I was mean to my kids like this, you know? So, so it's like, it, it, we never had any intentions of releasing it as a single or even playing it live. Um, but one day we were doing rehearsal and we're like, we got to play this song live. Like, yeah, it's just powerful. It really uh, so is. We put it in the set list and it became like, in, like people loved it. Do you mind if I play a sample for the audience? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So I, I wish more people knew about the song. No, like it, it streams pretty well, but like, I, I feel like that song could have been huge. Well, you know, it might be one of those things where you guys bring back as like a resurface, you know, that's like you bring it back to another album because it, it definitely is not getting what it deserves. And this is one yeah. of those songs, you know, it, it's funny because a lot of the times when artists I've noticed write their deepest, darkest song, that's not always the one, even though it should be the one that gets, you know, the most uh, yeah. views or or streams like Jonathan Davis has a couple songs from corn that he wrote that are like insane. Like you can oh, yeah. feel the way he feels in the moment when he was being molested by his whatever. Yeah. And it's like, Holy shit. Or you see him cry on stage when he's singing it. It's tough. Like, and those songs don't go nowhere. Like they don't go as far as they should have gone. But this, this one is one of those songs where I can hear it and I can kind of, the way that you sing it and the way that it's portrayed in the song and the way you wrote the song, it's almost like you're in the living room with you when this moment is happening. It's, it's insane. Yeah. But, um, so let's do that. I'm going to play a sample guys. This song is called broken home written by Tyler Levinson played by the band afterlife. So here we go.
Dude, that's almost like, uh, it's like almost uncomfortable, you know, like. I mean, a lot of people said that too live because, you know, we, the, the first real tour we played it on was we were on tour with Ice Nine Kills and uh, From Ashes to New. So, you know, that's a very high energy, you know, type of crowd. Mm-hmm. So when, when we played and slowed it down, it, it kind of allowed the crowd to have to sit there and listen to what I was saying. Yeah. Because I did a, I did a speech before that song every night and dedicated that song to victims of, you know, domestic assault and domestic abuse. And there, you know, that's, that tour is doing like seven, 800, 900 people a night. So there's bound to be someone in there that could relate to it, if not a great deal of people. So, you know, I, I'd see people's faces in the crowd, just kind of like, like swelling up with like yeah. emotion about that. And that's like such an awesome thing because at, at first, like, I think as a musician, it's incredibly important to not shelter yourself off emotionally in music, at least for me anyway, because, you know, there's a lot of times, especially in this pandemic where, you know, I've felt a certain way and I know there's someone out there that feels the same exact way. So seeing like being a person in the crowd, looking up at a band on the stage, talking about either the same thing you're going through at that time or have I feel like it's just a connection that you can't get anywhere else instead of like a live concert. No. Well, and and, you know, I live on live music. So the fact that it's been shut down, I mean, it's been tremendous, like to my psychological being, like I need it. Like I need to be there. I need to look the band in the face while they're playing and feel the hair on my arms rise up and go through like that emotional journey, you know? Yeah. And you know, it's just kind of a trip. I mean, even just listening to you right now, like your vocals, I can't still can't believe that you just got thrown up on the stage and all of a sudden it was like, boom, you, you started writing songs because you wrote, this is such a beautiful song Thank about you. such a tremendous moment in your life and such a turning point in your life. Because after this happened, which is still crazy that it just came out of nowhere, like that your dad and you just got in this massive fight, like the whole house exploded yeah. is what I'm picking up from the song and then it you- was it was a very so you know uh, obviously coming from like a traumatic incident like that i think naturally you just kind of block out you know all that time like it's hard to it's hard for me to think about and remember if anything led up to that yeah if there was any you know turbulent stuff prior to that night but after that it was almost like I won't make my, my dad to be out the worst person in the world. Right. But like, you know, things changed that night. Like it was never the same. My, my family's like, like lifestyle was never the same. The relationship between my mom and dad was never the same. So that moment was incredibly pivotal in the rest of my teenage years before I was kicked out at 18 uh, to where I was like homeless for like six months at 18, you know, I, I had no, I had no idea. Yeah. Like I graduated high school at 17. Um, and then all this stuff, you know, so it's like a lot of that is very foggy and it's, you know, it's, it's good because, you know, there's could be things I, I shouldn't have to remember. It's also bad. Cause like, I don't really remember being a kid up until that point, you know, like, you know, I remember bits and pieces, but like it is, it's, I put it all out there for people to listen to. And it's, it's been awesome to see the kind of reception it has and the, the 
people it's touched and changed. Well, you know, me and Marissa talk a lot about depression and anxiety on the show just because this show was brought to, this show was brought out because of depression and anxiety. I was going through it, like still kind of battling with it, you know, inner demons. It's funny you say that because I kind of relate to that. And I'm sure you do too. Like as far as like, Sometimes Marissa and I will have conversations about our past, you know, and you, you try to remember it as best as you can. Like what did, like all you can do is feel the moment. You just can't express it. Yeah. So I think like, you know, for you to have this musical outlet to be able to express it has probably helped you tremendously because you, you ran away and then you got caught by the police and were forced to come back after that yeah. moment. Right. It and was, I remember like, you know, my guitar player, current guitar player, Andrew, I've been friends with him for about 15 years. When I ran away, I met up with him and one of my good friends at the time. So he's literally in the other room right now, but he's been there and through all these different things in my life, whether it was that, uh, you know, when I was away and then when I, you know, being in the band and touring. So he's been there for a lot. And it's like, it's, I would love to write a book one day about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, you should. I feel like there's there's so much still to be talked about. Well, I think there's they, I think generally people try to suppress depression and anxiety. They want to, they try to suppress it in the fact that it's someone being, you know, you're looked at as a drama queen or something to that effect. Yeah. Even though, you know, I'm sure if it ever happened to them, you, you know, I'm sure you, you, you've talked about it. You've had depression and anxiety, correct? Like you're dealing with Absolutely. that. Do you see Still a therapist for that? Um, yeah, I've seen a therapist. Um, I'm trying to deal with it on my own. Yeah. Um, which is, it, it's tough. I don't recommend it to anyone if they try to deal with it on their own. It's hard. You know, if, if I feel like if you are going through these things, a professional is probably the best bet. Um, but you know, it's, it's, I think the pandemic, I, I noticed as I get older, my anxiety, my depression, my, you know, self doubt and all these things, it's getting worse mm. and not worse in a way where it's going to prevent me from doing things, but I'm becoming more aware of, of it. Yeah. You know, as a kid, it's like, it's everything's happy go lucky. You know, you don't mm-hmm. have any real issues or, or real responsibilities, but as an adult, it's like, all you can think about is like these things. Yeah. You know, it's, it's something that the pandemic has only made worse, honestly. Yeah. I I think that, you know, for people like us that deal with this kind of stuff, like it's funny because I know there's a ton of people that do, especially people in our, in our industry entertainment. And I think anxiety and depression is like probably the leading cause of people becoming entertainers because it's like you break out, you realize like, you know, all these things affected me a certain way and I had no idea it's like PTSD and it just hits you one day and you're like, damn, like, you know, I never even knew this about myself. I didn't know I felt this way. And now I felt this way. What do I do? You know, it's, it's, I'm thankful for music and being able to perform because I've been told, and I've noticed this myself when I'm on stage performing, it's like an entirely different person. As as you're speaking to me now, I'm very like calm, I'm collected. Like I'm very, you know, the, the way I am. Yeah. But on stage, it's like it to me. It never mattered who I was on tour with, whether we are second, third, whatever. That was my show when yeah. I was on that stage. 
I, I'll, I'll, I can even DM you a video or send you a video. It's the same thing when people like listen to the music. They're like, I cannot believe that voice comes out of a, of a person like you. And it, it's been really nice to have that kind of outlet on stage to go there and just kind of like take a whole new form, like take a whole new identity on stage. Right. Well, it's, it helps you get away from the reality. I mean, my, yeah. <laughs> I'm so jealous of you because I like, I would, you know, I'm the guy that sits in here and listens to your music and I, I run around the house and pretend like I'm playing guitar on a mop and that I'm singing the way you're singing. Yeah. <laughs> like there's Dude, t- I do the same thing. Like I just <laughs> like, I think it's, it's so sick because I feel like even as, you know, I could say professional musician or whatever, I'm still a fan of music. Like yeah. I list, I came across this band. I knew of the band, but I never gave their new record a listen. This band called Teenage Wrist. They're like a emo, maybe like rock band. I'm, I'm not sure what to call them, but they have a song. And like, I heard it for the first time and I was like, holy fuck, all I want to do is sing this song over yeah. and over in my car. You know, it's like, <laughs> or like act like I'm in the band, like, like just playing like shoegazy. It's like, it's it's very cool that like I still have that I guess innocence to listen to other bands and be like you know be like not a musician for once right and just enjoy the music. So you guys just released "Burn It Down." Yes. Um, in is there an album behind "Burn It Down"? Are you guys have you already recorded the whole album for that, or are you guys in the process of doing that? So um, I'm not sure when this will air, but. Um, we do have a brand new record. It's been done since October of 2020. Nice. We started recording it uh, in the middle of the pandemic. We were actually in the studio in March working with um, our producer, Zach Jones in Los Angeles. Um, and three weeks into the studio, COVID happened. Oh. So we were in LA. Uh, I, I'm not sure if you guys were living there at the time. And if you were, you knew how serious it was. They were talking about shutting the airports down yep. and all this stuff. And all my, all of our guys are from Florida and Texas. So they're like, we need to make a decision now. We got to put this on hold. We got to get on planes. We got to get home. Yeah. Or we're stuck. Cause I lived in LA the entire time during the pandemic and it was fucked. It was you know, like, it was bad. It's still um, semi fucked. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it's, it, it's it's insane. I, now now I'm in Florida. It's like pandemic. What they don't care here. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like they don't give a shit. Yeah. So um, you know we had to put a hold on the record, and we're like at this time we're like oh my god what is happening? You know, it, it was just a, a mess. So over the rest of the year, in bits and pieces, we were working on the record, recording it. We finally finished it in October, um, and then we just been building it since, like all the behind the scenes stuff, and we do have a release date and it's very soon at least announcing the record is very soon yeah okay so we don't want to go too much further into that but there is something behind burn it down yes all right 100 there's a lot behind burn it down yeah i was was just getting on a roll here oh this is the name this is i know i'm like wait don't do it because i remember you you were texting me telling me do we got a lot of shit coming up in june so like you know like we're we got to hammer this out and i was like okay i get it and i'm like so now i know exactly what's gonna happen together you know (laughs) but it's i think it's i think another thing about this pandemic it's it's really taken away the like the veil of like secrecy with bands Mm -hmm. because no one wants to sit there and and be in like like 
confusion about what's going on. A lot of bands and labels have been really just putting it out there for the fans. Right. The fans are loving it. They don't they don't want to have to sit there and do a puzzle to find out a release date. You know what I mean? No, well, it it's and the other thing is like going to your favorite band's website and not being able to see when they're performing next. And it's like because yeah. nobody is really who's gonna be the first one to do a show, yeah. To do it. You know, and Florida opened up and a bunch of artists went down there and did a couple shows. MGK was down there and a few other people. Yeah, in Jacksonville. But in Jacksonville. And, and now, you know, we're finally getting people, you know, Corn finally announced they're going to be doing a world tour. And Metallica mm-hmm. came out and said they're going to the festival. So, I mean, it's it's kind of cool to see this start to open back up. I, I can't yeah. wait for live music. But <laughs> you're telling me, <laughs> like, dude, we, we had like the best year as a band in 2019 yeah you know, 17 countries we took the band to and then COVID. you know it's like it, it was just like we were getting there and it was just taken away yeah and yeah like, you don't know when it's going to come back well you know you guys still have a good following though and i think things are on the, the up and up for you this burn it down song is definitely a, a big one man this one's going to hit yeah. hard but uh Thank marissa you. had a question for you so i'm gonna let her ask I hopefully have an answer <laughs> yeah no kidding no, no pressure. Well, he kind of already <laughs> said like there was no like one person, and now I'm like honestly shocked to hear that like you didn't weren't like always a singer. But I wanted to know who was your biz- your biggest uh, musical influence. My like, biggest band? musical yeah. influence. Um, it's hard because I got into music so late. Right. I mean, I enjoyed listening to music. I loved. You know what's funny? I hated Lincoln Park growing up. That's so hated funny. It. That's hilarious. I hate, I, my mom would try to play it for me. And I was like, mom, turn this shit off. Like, I don't want to hear this. <laughs> and then now, like as an adult or as, a, you know, early on, I was able to really appreciate the songwriting and, and the, the way Chester was able to express emotions was top notch, top notch. Yeah. And like now, you know, I think I'm influenced by, you know, obviously Chester. I'm very influenced by Jonathan Davis uh, Brent Smith from Shinedown is a huge influence. Um, but what the, the band that got me into, into heavy music was Norma Jean. And I think, um, Corey Brandon was the vocalist at the time and still is, I think the vocalist of the band in the way he was like, the way his scream sounded so like, just, they sounded like they hurt, but they sounded so awesome. And yeah, yeah, I think, I think I owe it to him, uh, and Norma Jean to, to really get me into this style of music. So have you been learning how to play instruments since you've gotten in the industry? Um, I should, but I'm not like, I, I feel like I don't have the patience to sit there and learn how to play guitar. Even though we have a ton of guitars here, I can just pick it up at any time or be like, Andrew, show me our, one of our songs in guitar or, or bass or whatever. I just, I love writing and I love, you know, doing some like programming and production. Cause I love making like weird noises and stuff with like keyboards. And so I love that kind of stuff. Like a lot of synth I'm like more into than like actual guitar and bass. Um, but where I really thrive is I love doing like graphic design for the band. Mm-hmm. So like I design almost like everything that we put out. Yeah. Well, visually. I can tell by your apartment, you're pretty good at yeah. the interior decorating. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Than, I feel like uh, Martha design. Stewart over here. Yeah. I, dude, I have to say though, like that is fucking impressive for you to have the ear to cuz I mean, people can sing. There's a lot of people yeah. that can sing. There's a lot of people that can be
be front people for a band, but to be able to sing and follow the music and understand where your ups and your downs go and and all the shit that goes behind it, because there's so much more to just getting and being a front man. I mean, yeah. for you to have the fucking ear that naturally and be able to produce the stuff you've produced now, I mean, dude, the fucking sky's the limit for you, bro. Thank you. It, it, it Sometimes I don't even really realize it. And I, you know, I always like to give credit where credit is due. Like I wouldn't be where I'm at without my band, without our producers, you know, they're, they're very integral to it, but I love that. Like I kind of just figured it out on my own. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't have a vocal coach. I didn't have someone telling me this or that. I just had to figure it out for myself. You did find, it the old like, school find way. Find my voice, you know? Yeah. That's just, dude, I'm so fucking crazy. So I want to play another song for the fans, and then we're going to take a small break okay? because I got to get the sponsorships in. But I want to play this. So this song right here, guys, for all you highly irritable people, this song's definitely going to irritate the shit out of you in a good way because you're going to want to punch someone in the fucking throat. I have an idea who it is. (laughs) This is one of my favorite songs. Um, I've listened to all their songs, obviously, but this one is is one of my favorites. And it it literally, like, I listened to it before I even got on the Zoom call with you. Yeah, I was doing like backflips, like I was ready to fucking do my WWE uh, wrestling debut. So, without further ado, I want to welcome. I want to for the fans of highly irritable in all highly irritable ways. This song is called Throat.
Dude, I love that song. It like takes me back to like my emo days. <laughs> right? Dude, the chorus, right? It's it epic. really does. The drops in that song are some of the best I've ever heard. That we got to really the story behind that song is actually really really cool. Um, well, wait, can I ask a you a question? Sure. This, I I wanted to see if I could hit this on the head. So listening to the song, is this sort of like a fuck you to everybody who think thought that you couldn't make it in the music industry because you'd never had a vocal coach or anything like that, and you guys have kind of just slammed your way into the scene? Actually, I want to say you're wrong there. Oh, it's I okay. It's it. okay. Um, so basically what that song was about, it was one of the first songs written for Breaking Point. And we wrote it. We did half of Breaking Point with a producer called Zach Servini. Um, he did the new Bring Me the Horizon. He did the new Architects, Good Charlotte. Like he was like, um, he's a, he's an awesome producer. Uh, and the other half we did with Zach Jones, who's been with the band the entire time. But that song, I really wanted that song to be about like my personal battle with anxiety and depression. Okay. And I feel like that many times you can get in your in like get in your own head, and there's like all these different voices, not like literal voices, but like yes. you know, self doubt and stuff like that that tells you that you can't win and that you should be better off dead or just not continuing on and quitting and stuff like that so in the verses is like waking up in the same hypocrisy sick of fighting this media it like it's walking you through the like the like this the symptoms of like anxiety being yeah like so feeling you, like nothing's worth it you battled imposter syndrome like on a real level sometimes yeah i mean there was parts of the pandemic that i look back at like photos of me on stage and like i couldn't like I was like, was that really me? Yeah. And I know that sounds maybe a little dramatic, but like I've seen it talked about by other people in bands. And it's like, you know, being away from it for so long, you, you kind of like, it doesn't even feel like a real part of your life anymore. Right. You know? Wow. That's But epic. that song was about, yeah, that yourself. song was about like the, I'm sorry. So it's about yourself, not how he's saying it's about like everybody else who doubted you. It's really just about your like internal struggle. Internal struggle, yeah. We do have a song about anyone who doubts us, and it's called PSA. I listened to that one, and I love that yeah. song. That just, song, <laughs> that's the fuck you song. Yeah, that is the that is the song. Like PSA, public service announcement. Like we don't give a fuck who you think you are. You know, like yeah, it, it, that's the that's the big fuck you song. And like that ended up being like one of the the most fun songs we've ever played live. Because like we start the song off, and the whole crowd's putting like their middle fingers in the air. And like, it's just, it's just a fun time. It's just like a really fun song live. That's rad. Do you I, have a favorite song to perform? Oh man. That's Broken a good home. question. Broken home. Because I really, I like to play that song because it allows me to get like down to the level of the crowd. Mm. Yeah. You know, we do a thing where we have, you know, for that song during the speech, we have a thing where we put, everyone puts their cell phone lights in the air. Oh Yeah. So front to back, left to right, the whole crowd's full of lights. And I'm like having them go left to right. It's like, there's such a powerful moment that we get to share with like the crowd. And that song, like during the verses, like I'm down on the barricade, like in these people's faces. And like, it's, it's like a moment that I can feel vulnerable with everyone in that room. What does that feel like when you have that many people watching you 
and you see them like listening to you every they're doing everything you tell them to do because you basically maestro the whole crowd yeah. what does that feel like like god i want that feeling like, like what does it human. feel like yeah yeah um specifically in that song it is very empowering because not in like an egotistical way but after everything i've been through the fact that i'm on this stage performing that song in front of all these people and they're like loving it means that I did the right thing by persevering. Mm. Like yes. it's a testament to show that I'm still here. Yes. And like that is a very powerful and fulfilling like moment for me every time we play that song, because I mean, there's been a lot of times that I've wanted to like quit or give up and not just in music in general. Yeah. You right. know, like there's a lot of moments where it feels like it's like, it's just like, there's no end in sight. So, you know, every time we play that song or every time we step on stage, it's a real testament to the band and myself that I'm still here. I'm still having this opportunity to like perform for these, for these people at the shows. Does it, so do you have to have, like, do you have moments when you have anxiety? Cause like one of the things they do, like when anxiety hits you, because for me, it's like, I, st I have certain feelings that I tend to recognize like, Oh fuck. I'm having an anxiety attack, but like they say to recognize those things that way you can sort of kind of at least know that this is why it's happening. Because normally what yeah. will happen is I go into the, you know, mine's more health related. So mm -hmm. it's like I go into the panic mode of like, I'm going to have a stroke and die, Take me to the yeah. hospital. you know, like, <laughs> fuck, I don't want to feel this way anymore. I'd rather just fucking leave the planet. You know, like, do you, do you, do you go through that in the same way? I definitely have moments where I can like anticipate a panic attack and they happen almost like every morning. Like I'll wake up and like immediately be in like a panic attack for no reason. Like I have no idea why uh, it happens or like when I get overwhelmed with like a really like important decision that has to like, just for some reason always happen immediately. Like it just has to happen Yeah. at that moment in time. Like there's no, like no available time for debate. I always had that. And I always, it, I'm starting to notice like a trend of why I feel this way certain times. And I have an app on my phone that has been a real lifesaver. And I've had it for over three years now called simple habit. And it's an app where it, it's like, a, it's partly meditation. It's partly like fair, like therapeutical, like advice and stuff like that. And you, you just basically listen to it and it charts times, dates, um, specific events of like, oh, today I'm having anxiety. I'm going to listen to anxiety or I'm having um, procrastination issues. I'll listen to this. So it, it kind of like makes a graph to kind of like calculate how you're feeling, when you're feeling, why you're feeling and how many times you go back to listen to the same thing. It's, it's honestly been a real help. That's cool. That's interesting. Yeah. I didn't know they had an app like that. It's kind of like you can almost go back and see it's like a little book of like how you were feeling on all these different days. Yeah. Do you think I look that, back at some of it. I'm like, holy shit, this was a tough month. Yeah, <laughs> this is a right, bad month. Right. Do you, Do you think that uh, your anxiety? Because I'm the same exact way. It's funny that you mentioned that because when 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 someone presents me with something like anything question wise, I have to like finish it like immediately in order yeah. to like get it off my plate. Sort of like an OCD thing. So I'm like Which the I same way. Well. Yeah, I, I, I know I do. I haven't been clinically diagnosed, but Marissa knows like he's OCD. Like there's things I that would I love have to do to know what you're uh, hold on. Actually, 
I would love to know yours, but let me tell you mine to yeah. see if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So when I was younger, I used to have a flip phone. And every time I flipped the phone down, I convinced myself that I cracked the phone. So I had to flip the screen up to make sure I didn't crack it. And I put it down. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, fuck, I cracked it. And I did it over and over again until I convinced myself I didn't crack it. The other one is, is locking of doors. So I have to lock my front door multiple times, pull the handle to where like I'm basically breaking it to, to convince myself the door is locked. And I have to do that in my front door, my bedroom door. It's like, it's almost like insane at some times. No, I, I agree. I do the same thing. Um, I did. And the funny thing is with the flip phone, I did the same thing for real. Like See? I, <laughs> it's like insane. Like, dude, I would do it all day, like all yeah. day long. Like people would stand next to me, like, and they would say, dude, for real, are you fuck? Can you stop? Like, fuck, you're and making all like, this no, noise. I can't. Yeah, no, understand. I'm sorry. Like, like just, I have to. Like the other thing that I do is like right now is my wedding ring. Yeah. Like I I take it on and off with the same finger. Like uh over and over and over again. And Marissa it drives her nuts cuz I've broken like how many wedding rings? I think you're on your third or fourth one. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, so and like it's definitely now imagine if she broke three or four wedding rings. No. <laughs> <laughs> Our yeah. rings are different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, I he would have to have like, I don't know how many rings. Yeah, you you equivalent to mine. She's got a security guard next to hers. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, he's so, like, Why aren't you wearing your ring? And I was like, uh, that's like the most priceless thing I own. I'm not gonna wear yeah. it. I keep right. it locked up. Yeah. <laughs> It's got like a shrine, like a glass yeah, box around it. Right. <laughs> it's got like a padlock on it. <laughs> well, uh, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and we got a game show. Are you ready for that? Whoop, whoop. I'm ready for it. <laughs> All right. Let's go. We'll be right back. Welcome back from commercial, ladies and gentlemen, and all my highly irritable fans. We love you so much. Uh, we still are here with the lovely Tyler Levinson. He's staying on the show with us today in highly irritable fashion. Right, babe? Yep. We've had some fun so far. So I guess continuing down the path that we've been on, would you say it's been incredibly hard dealing with – well, it's it has to be. I think you've already mentioned that throughout the show, but – like the reality for musicians is not really reality. Like whenever I go to a show and go backstage, like I get food catering. Um, I go places the fans can't go. Um, you know, like people are asking me, would you like some water? And if you get like side stage, you have people that are constantly asking you if you need something like, yeah. do you think that the adjustment that you had to go through, because you, like you said, you were on tour when it happened and you guys, even though you're not the headliners, you're still being treated this way. Like they're yeah. still treating you as the, they, 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 they put them on the artist, you know? Um, do you think like how big of a, an awakening was that coming back to real life where it's like this sense of like immortality is gone. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I mean, luckily for me in between tours, I have like a job, like I'll go to work and I'll work in a rest. Like, so for all of our touring in 2019, in between tours, I, I had a serving job where like no one knew I was in a band. 
Oh, you know okay. what I mean? So oh, like, wow. no, I would just go there and I'd work and then I would leave. Well, look, I had to let management know, obviously, because they needed to like approve my time and stuff. But I would just go to work and then I'd be gone for a couple weeks and then come back and stuff like that. And, you know, it, 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 it was interesting, I will say, because there would be times where like we'd be on a tour, like specifically the tour with Ice Nine Kills. Like those were huge shows. Right. And then, you know, the last show of the tour sold out. And then four days later, I was back at work asking someone if they would like, you know, a Diet Coke or like a soda. You know, so it's like it was a very cool dynamic, which I'm thankful for because it has definitely kept me grounded as a musician. Because I feel like if if you don't have any sense of reality, you're just going to think you're fucking D. Snyder 24-7. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I mean, but most of them do, though. Most of them do have no sense of reality. Like, yeah, they're I mean they're one of the most catered to entertainers. So like, so my, do you have, cause I have an internal struggle, right? Cause I'm the same thing as you. Like I have a day job. I'm a blue collar guy. Like every day I go to work and then I do this, which is a whole nother world. Yeah. Do you have like that internal struggle? Like that I have where, you know, you go to work and you're just like, dude, what am I doing? Like a hundred percent. Fuck. Literally got happened, this. Like, I, I know when we were trying to sk- schedule this, I was like, yeah, I just got this new job and this and that, and I have to figure out my schedule. There'll be times at work when I'm like, f- like, I don't have to do this. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, dude, like, like I'd be like a, a customer. I mean, luckily I work in like a really really nice restaurant now, but before like there'd be customers that would like, you know, not tip correctly or stiff you all together. I'm just I'd be like, you know, fuck this. Yeah, like on stage I'm somebody here. I'm asking you if you want, you know, fucking French fries. You well, know, not it's like not just that though. Like, think of like this. T- like, you you wrote a song that got two million streams on Spotify, and that's only Spotify. Like, that's not right. even that's, iTunes or anything else. So, you wrote a song that has two million streams. You've that song re- also went number one three times on Sirius XM Octane. Yeah. So. You have, like, dude. <laughs> it's, it's, and then it's you're like, crazy. you want fries with that? No, like, that's not, yeah, no, yeah. The, 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 the conflict I have is that, like, with the people that are managers above me, and I know, don't take this wrong, guys, because I know they're going to listen to this and go, Adam's a dick, but what my internal struggle is, like, dude, I'm so much fucking smarter than this. Like, what am I doing? Yeah. Like, why am I allowing myself to be a part of this when I have this whole other thing that... I'm so smart at, right? Like, like you've got to go through that struggle on a daily basis. Yeah. And you know, with, with me, I work like on top of doing band stuff, I work like 55 hours a week at my, at my restaurant. So it's like, you know, I, I deal with it every day where I, you know, I'd rather be on tour or I'd rather be connecting with fans online, but instead, you know, I do have to survive in the mm-hmm. real world and pay my bills and don't get me wrong, the band makes money and the band is, you know, almost sustainable. But there's also a sense where of like, if I don't put that work ethic in, I'm going to lose my work ethic. Right. Yeah. You know, going to work every day and having to work for something, it's, it's, it's beneficial to me, at, at least to me. Like I love coming home with, you know, X amount of money, knowing that I worked for that. It gives you something to talk about too, right? Yeah, I mean, reality at work. I, you know, no one knows I'm in a band. You yeah, know, it's it's cool. You know, like to in like you know, obviously, like I'll shoot the shit with some tables, 
Um, and then, you know, I'll let it slip that, you know, oh, yeah, I'm actually in a band. And they're like, oh, my God, what band is it? And then I tell them, and they're like, holy fuck, you're verified. And I'm like, to me, it's like, <laughs> just, that is the best thing. Yeah. Like, because at work, like, they don't know, they don't know any, they don't know anything. So, like, you know, I've, I've made a few friends at my job, and, like, I'll be like, oh, let me follow you on Instagram. And they're like, yo, what the fuck? What is this? Right. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm actually in a band. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, what What do you mean, just a bit? You know, so it's like, uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's always super cool to see that reaction. And like, uh, I just got back from Europe. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> they'll, they'll like go through the Instagram, they'll scroll through, they'll listen to something like, oh my God, you know, however many month listeners or streams. And then it, to me, it's like, I, you know it's my that's my life obviously i get it but to them they're they're fuck, they feel like they're talking to michael jackson right or, or well, you know it's like it's so it's so cool to see that innocence still being very very real to it, people it just goes to show you though like how incredibly hard it is in the music industry and for you to get to where you're at mm-hmm. how yeah. naturally talented you have to be once you tell them though are they like can you sing something for me like yeah they always ask Oh you yeah, sing something, yeah. and I was like, "Well, do you really want me to?" It's because that will scare a bunch of people. <laughs> yeah, no, you know oh, what like- I get? I get all the time. People are like, "Dude, you did stand up," and I'm like, "Yeah, I did it for like six years." They're like, "Oh, we Who's just your found out." Comedian? <laughs> no, they say, "Dude, tell me a joke." Tell me a joke. <laughs> I'm like, "Dude, it's not that way though." Like, y- yeah. you know, do you want me to like do a setup for you for like 45 minutes or what? <laughs> like, all my stuff's yeah, written I'll, I'll down. Just, you know, like, bring out the microphone. You're yeah. like the uh, the clownfish from Finding Nemo. Yeah, like, tell me a joke, man. Funny. Tell me a joke. <laughs> tell me a joke. Yeah, like like you would I got never super do that into stand up. Did you? Um, when I was living in California, I mean, I've always been into it, but when I was living in California, I was obviously able to frequent the comedy club. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, the comedy store. I worked um, there. Really? I did a long time ago. I love that place. I saw Joe Rogan there. I saw Bobby Lee there. Um, one of my favorite comedians, you know, he did have a lot of bad shit happen to him, or he did a lot of bad shit. Chris Lee, I loved him. Mm, very, very funny very person. Funny. Now I, you know, I have to hate him. Right. Well, like, I just can't support that. That is the uh, the common thing with comedians, though, is that there's much, much darker things at bay. Like, oh, for sure, <laughs> they're they're the most depressed bunch. I mean, because you literally are told and taught to not talk about the good things in your life. You're told to talk the about things. the shitty things. So, like, you constantly are writing jokes about the shitty things, and I still do it to this day. Like. I can't get away from like finding the irritating part about something because I'm looking for it to make a joke. Yeah. So instead of enjoying like the moment, I'm looking You're somewhere. Like, to- How can I make this a joke? Yeah, I'm trying. How is this funny? My sick fucking mind is like thinking like, oh, I remember that while I was being served this dinner, I saw somebody pick their fucking nose and I have to go into a full joke of how annoying it is and how irresponsible it is to pick your nose at the dinner table at a restaurant. <laughs> trust me i see it all the time serving tables like uh, i see some really ridiculous shit like it is the restaurant i work at is like an upper scale like italian restaurant so like the, oh like, yeah the clientele is definitely you get the best you know, i served rudy giuliani the other day no way <laughs> you know what i mean so it's like it was just weird like, that's fucking crazy I wanted to in my head be like so you're seeing borat Tell me a little more about that. 
would have lost my job. But uh, yeah. you, know I mean? like, <laughs> you know, like I was thinking it. I was thinking it. Oh, but, that's um, fucking great. I like at first we were like, no, there's no way this is him. There's no way. And then like we kept thinking about it. And we're like, this is definitely him. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's hard so, to like mistake that guy. Like there's very few 100%. people that look like him. And it was, I mean, it was cool. Like I was like, you know what? This doesn't happen every day. This wouldn't have happened at my other job. Yeah. Now if I could serve like, like back to like the, the comedy thing, like some of my favorite comedians growing up, like I love Ronnie Dangerfield. Oh yeah, dude. The he greatest. is Caddyshack is still forever. One of my favorite films. I'm so glad you said that. Oh God. I love like, that. Movie. All-star cast. Yeah. Like Chevy Chase, Bill Murray, Ronnie Danger. Like the cast, like it's funny because it was filmed in Florida. Right. Yeah. It was filmed in South Florida. And like, I don't know, that movie, it just, I grew up on it and loved it. Like, I did too. Yeah, I gotta, I'm going to watch that tonight. <laughs> I did too. Yeah. No, we, we, Marissa and I love comedies and we love horror. So that's like what we're into. Yeah. Total opposites, but they're both our favorite. But yeah, we, we, oh my God, Caddyshack. Even Bill Murray's brother was in that movie. Like, and a lot of they people don't know that. All star cast. It was crazy. So, like all the National Lampoon movies with Chevy Chase, too, were awesome. Like, epic. Epic. And he was, it sucks because he just dropped off the map. It was done. I mean, a lot, like, a lot of actors that I love that happened to, like, uh, Brendan Fraser. My favorite movie of all yeah. time is The Mummy, mm. with Brendan Fraser. And after that, like, I know he did like monkey bone and like a few other movies, but like, he just, he just disappeared. Yeah, he did. I mean, the, what was the movie he did with Joe? Pe- was it Joe Pesci or was it, uh, yeah, it was Joe Pesci. He did the movie, um, where the guy steals his, his thesis and he has to get it back and he's a homeless guy. So he's bringing him food for a page and all that stuff. Do you remember that movie? The only movies that I know he was in was the the Mummy series and Monkey Bone. I don't know anything else about any of his other movies. Like, I didn't. I thought that might have been only the only two movies he's actually been in. You got to Google. <laughs> yeah, I'll message you that that movie because you'll love that. It's a great movie, and it's with Joe Pesci's in it. It's a, it's an it's like an uh, ultra cult cult classic movie. But so, what are in what's in the future for Afterlife? Are you guys? Are you guys planning a tour here coming up? Um, we're definitely in the talks of some things. Um, I know there are some festivals that we are looking to be a part of in the fall. Um, and definitely some touring in the fall. We do have a tour already booked for May of 2022. Um, so we will be returning overseas at Good. that time, which would be awesome. Yeah. Our, we've noticed our fan base grow a little more over there during the, the time off. Yeah, we we really cannot wait to get back on the road. It's, I think it's given us time to really hone in our sound. Since I mean, we've been like rehearsing and stuff, like as if things are normal, just so we're ready by the time we go back. Because you know, a year and a half off without screaming or singing or rapping, like you know, you will lose that muscle memory. You will lose that ability to do that as good as you were post or like pre COVID. So. I've been definitely maintaining as much as I can. Pot, yeah. I mean, and you got to keep training the brain too, uh, yeah. to that effect and, you know, moving in that direction. I need to figure out a new stage banter. 
I don't want to get off the edge. So, hey, let's talk about coronavirus. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I, I, I want to, I don't even want, I feel like it's going to be very important that bands do not address that at shows. Yeah. No one wants to go to a show and fucking hear. So yeah, COVID's done. Yeah, we get it. That's why we're here. Right. Let's get to talk about it. it, you know? Yeah, let's not get politics or anything brought into it. Let's just get back to the fucking music, man. That That's first show back for me, uh, it could be five people. It could be 10 people, mm. 5,000 people. It's going, to most, it's going to be one of the most cathartic experiences. I'm, even if I fuck up, oh, I missed a note or my voice cracked, I literally do not care because I'm going to give that first show back everything yeah. I have. That's, I, you know what? I've been thinking about that a lot lately, and I'm like, you know, any of the bands – if I get any bands that are first showing here, I'm definitely going to those shows no matter what, even if I don't know who they are, because I guarantee you that the performances for every band in their first show is going to be epic. Yeah. epic. It's going to be the most energy those bands have probably ever put out in a show. Probably. I mean, to be able to get back in front of, like I said, to take away a, a, a reality of, of your life and completely yeah. stuff it into a chest and it's almost like you see the lid of the chest moving because you're like, dude, like there, it's still there. It's almost you know? out. We're almost there. <laughs> like let us, it's like, like we're like just at the cusp of live music returning. Right. And, you know, even if we're not a part of these festivals coming up, I'm going to go. Yes. I'm going to see my favorite bands. I don't even care about being side stage or on stage. I'm going to be in the crowd with the people getting fucking kicked, punched. I'm going to enjoy it any way possible. 100%. I will pay $18 for a beer. I yeah. do not care. I, <laughs> you know, like, dude, for real. Like I'm the same. I will enjoy sitting on the lawn seats where I can't even see the band just listening yeah. to the music and it. knowing the that it's there. Yeah. So you I got can't wait. So you got a uh, you got time for a game show, man? I do. Dude. All right. Did you say? Well, what, what, what am I gonna say? No. Yeah. Nah, bro. It's too late. Actually, it's past my bedtime. I got. Of course, go. I got time. Yeah. Here we go, man. So, hey, listen, we are gonna do a game show. Yay! I gotta get my game show ready. Here we go. We are doing so. So, just so you know, we are doing a. Uh, we are doing a Price Is Right theme, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, obviously, our two contestants are gonna be the lovely Marissa Jane. And Tyler Levinson. And I will be your host of the show. You're Bob Barker, whoever you'd like me to be. And uh, we'll have our corny-ass shit going on and all that yeah. good stuff. So let's get, into the, uh, let's get into the game show tactics, ladies and gentlemen. What is the, uh, the thing Bob Barker used to say? Uh, remember to always get your pets sprayed and neutered. <laughs> like that, man, that, man had a, that man had a mission to make sure yeah. that was happening. Oh, my God. I think he said it for like 30 years or something. He's like, oh remember. Remember to get your pets spayed and neutered. This big ass microphone. Oh my God. I got to get my sound effects board up here. Let's go. It's been a while, Marissa. Are you ready? Are you sure? Oh, I've been waiting for this. And, and listen to what I got. You ready for this? Coronavirus! Oh yeah. Coronavirus! <laughs> oh yeah. She's back and with a vengeance. Yeah, she is. You okay. The show too long. Where was uh? Let's see. What are we doing? 
we got to do theme A, right? Yeah. Because I have yeah, to do my good. disgusting, pathetic uh, porno voice. Are you yes. ready? <laughs> I'm ready. Okay, let's get into the game show. Welcome to the game show. Oh. Welcome to the game show that has no end or beginning. Oh. <laughs> it's perpetual. It's perpetual motion and completely a waste of time. But we are going to do it. Because it brings me joy. I don't know if you guys are ready for these items that I've picked, but I have the greatest, I swear to God, the greatest, like, way, the greatest descriptions ever of these items. You're scaring me. Okay, so item number one. You guys ready? Yes. Ready. Okay. Can you guess the price of the adjustable portal? Uh, sorry. Here we go. Retake. Adjustable portable robo fuck sex machine. Buy the number one best sex machines. And let here's the description. The RoboFuck adjustable portable sex machine is not just your usual sex toy. Put aside your little vibrators and dildos and make way for the fuck king. This sex machine is for adults who are ready to really experience what the most intense orgasms are all about. Play along, play alone or with a partner made for man or woman. This sex machine deserves a special place among your sex toys. Sure, we can have all the fun with dildos, vibrators, and all your other sex toys all day, but nothing compares to the orgasmic power of a sex machine that is ready to deliver the hardest orgasm on demand. Wow. My God. Can they really say that? Like, I feel like, I mean, there has to be some science backing that. Listen, this is daytime. Someone's got a PhD in that description yeah, for sure. <laughs> this is daytime television, guys. No. <laughs> this is that 3 a.m. commercial you, know you, you wake yeah. up and it's loud as shit in the middle of the night. Uh, and there's some like redhead in a bougie outfit saying, like, just have fun. Yeah. AdamandEveOnly.com. Yeah. yeah. Some poor bastard's like, why did I marry my wife? We apologize if you're driving to work at 6 a.m. right now. <laughs> you got to listen to this. All right. Are you ready? Yes. Is the price 400 395 or 621. Um, can I have the dimensions of the product, please? The dimensions? I don't have those. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, need I was like, really? I need to know the size of this device. <laughs> I need to know how big this thing you is. You got me on that one. I was like, yeah, uh, 46 inches? I don't know. Like, it's, fuck, the shipping it's weight's killer. 10 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> the size of a small elephant. <laughs> Can I get the prices again, please? I will list the prices again. Are you ready? Yes. Four hundred, three ninety-five, or six hundred and twenty-one dollars. Hmm. Where's my doo 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 doo? Oh, I got it. Yep. I'm sorry. I messed up. Here we go. It's been a while. I love this sound. <laughs> 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 yeah. The lights come down. Right? Do, 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 do. <laughs> are you going to get a boo or are you going to get an applause? God, if I get a boo, I'm going to cry. And I feel like you went and you like started with the hardest question that there could have been. Oh, no, it gets better. 
I have not even begun for the two of you. You know, I'm going to write off 400. I don't think it's going to going to be 400 it's not i'm like is it going to be 395 that's a lot for a sex toy 621 is even more though so i'm going to go with 395 but if this thing's like ginormous if it's like a life-size like fuckable machine i mean i need the dimensions but i'm going to go with 395 okay tyler i'm gonna go with 400 because i feel like 600 plus is it's quite a lot so we have 400 is that your final answer that is my final answer and is three ninety five your final answer? Yes. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Tyler's wrong. What? You're supposed I to heard- get her. The actual price is three ninety five. I know my sex toys, people. Holy shit, you Jeez. freak. Beaten by five dollars. Okay, so five dollars made the cheated. same. Actually Answer, cheated sure. because I have one of these. Uh, the dimensions are a five by twelve, <laughs> and it's in my nightstand. Five by twelve. <laughs> yeah, she's got one. She's got one hiding from me somewhere. Yes, it's behind both of our pillows. That's how long this fucking thing is. It's the Robo Fuck Adam. That's what it's <laughs> called. <laughs> okay. okay, so Marissa gets a point. Thank you, thank you. So, so far, okay, and just so you know, Tyler, you can guess the same answer, so now that okay. we are aware of that. I did okay. not know that. I, I, okay, that might have could have helped. Okay, so <laughs> we're go- okay. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to scratch that one off. What? No, Did no, give her the point. It's fine. Point? Tyler, God damn you. <laughs> it's all a part of my plan. You game show warrior. I told you guys she's a freak. Here we go. For the next question, are you guys ready? Yes. We're ready. Can you guess the price of this miscellaneous sex toy? The Booty Baiter. Extra, extra large doggy style. This one actually has dimensions, but it doesn't have a description, so I will give it one. You can bang the shit out of this rubber thing, doggy style, anytime you want, anywhere you want, any place you want. Wait, if it's doggy style, it's banging you. You're not banging it. No, it's the toy's booty baiter. <laughs> the booty baiter. The booty baiter. The big <laughs> silicone ass. It's a <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh! It's a big silicone ass. This is for men. Okay. How do you know it's for men? I thought it was for me. <laughs> Don't be misogynistic on this show. Do you understand? Okay, because me putting a strap on and banging the booty banger 5,000 is going to do me any justice. Maybe it does. I don't know. People are into weird shit. <laughs> okay, okay. Are you guys ready I for the prices? Now. I see. Did you? I like the harp, though. Like, that was, like, so good. Yes. For every, every one. Yeah. <laughs> Angels fly from the bottom. <laughs> the booty banger. Are you guys ready? Yes. We're ready. Is the price... or $423. Tyler, you get to go first. I'm going to go with $423. Is that your final answer? That is my final answer. Okay, Marissa? You know, I was thinking about that, but... I think I'm going to go with 352 because it's just a silicone ass. <laughs> 352. 
And I just lost my board sequence. It's okay. Oh, no. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you guys are both wrong. No. You guys are both wrong, and you get the Cardi B. (laughs) Shit is getting real. Darn it. And I was going to say 378, too. Darn. The actual retail price, ladies and gentlemen, $378. That's a lot of money. I actually picked sex toys that were a thousand and over and anywhere in between. Or or it was three hundred and over. Three hundred and over. Yeah. Okay. So these are gonna get relatively pricey and they are. These are are. like for the extreme lonely person. Yeah, this is like, you know, well think it's a booty baiter. And I apologize if you own one. I'm not trying to call you lonely, you know, to each their own. No comment there. That was just... Yeah. Sorry, all of our lonely fans that we just lost. Not only fans, lonely fans. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Good one, babe. Yeah, thank you. Thank Are you. you guys ready for the next one? Yes. Bring it on. Here we go. Well, guys, number three on the list is our Motor Bunny Sex Machine in black. Own the dream, live the dream, and ride the dream. This classic tried and true straddle design now turns it up to 11. You'll never leave the house when you have your own Motor Bunny sex machine. As seen in hundreds of adult movies, this is the classic tried and true right on top design that gives you the power, the angles, and the stimulation that your adventurous sex life demands. So hop on it. Motor Bunny is the most advanced and versatile power vibe in the world. Just to be clear, I didn't leave my house before buying this thing. <laughs> Perfect for pandemic relief. <laughs> yeah. Use your stimulus on this item. This is literally the pandemic sex list. Yes. Oh, my God. Are you guys ready? We're Never ready. leave your house again. Is the price $9.99? $1,223 or $1,394. Wait, as in like $9.99 no. or $999? 999 okay. Yeah, this is over 1000 Jeez, what the fuck does this thing look like? Dude, it's insane. <laughs> it's $1,000. It's insane, and we haven't even gotten to the good ones yet. Well, they just said that they use it in professional movie like adult movies yes so i'm gonna say um this thing's got great quality great quality (laughs) okay so marissa yes is it 9.99 or 13.94 i think i'm gonna go with 13.94 is that your final answer yeah okay tyler i'm moving to you is it i'm going Go ahead. I was going to do uh, 1223. 1223. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. Oh, God damn it. For God's sakes. God damn it. Government! <laughs> we both got it wrong. Damn, we are terrible at this game. Wow. It I is $999. So you got ripped off on the one you bought, Marissa. Yeah, what the fuck? Mine was $1,400. Jeez, me Christmas. 
So we'll go over the score real quick. With three questions down, we have Marissa up one to nothing on Mr. Levinson. We are moving on to our fourth question. Are you, are you ready? Yes. Here we go. Do some stretches. I need to put up another point. You're not going to want to leave the house with a, this in your living room. The male prostitute massager vibrating anal sex toy with three speeds rotating plus ten speeds. Jesus Christ. Damn. The, <laughs> I, can I get an oxygen tank for the description? <laughs> God damn. <laughs> they focus on every detail on this one with its ergonomic shape, powerful and gentle vibration, quiet motor. We do our best to create an excellent vibrator. So. So it's a vibrator for your butt. This is a prostate massager. Woo. Okay. It says male prostate massager. Oh. So apparently females can't use this in your rectum because it says men only. Well, what's the difference between your ass and mine? I don't know. Maybe I got something different in there. That's not fair. So for all you guys out there wanting to milk the prostate, <laughs> is the price <laughs> is the price $49.99? Or $47.99. I had to switch it up. Tyler, I'll go to you first. I'm doing $47.99. And that is my final answer. $47.99. What is it, Marissa Jane? Shut up. Give me a minute. Oh, man. She's really going to think about this. We're going to have to put the timer on her, Tyler. She likes to cheat. Three speeds and then it wops up to 10 speeds. <laughs> With three speeds rotating plus 10 speeds, which I don't, you yeah, know, I'm not in the sex funny. world, so I don't know what that means. So it clearly has uh, mountain biking options. options. Yeah. Yes. If you're a porn star, please reach out to us. And yeah. Send us an email. Send us an email. I just want to <laughs> know if it's self-cleaning. Send us a customer review. <laughs> <laughs> That's Let what we know. should have read on the show is the reviews. Oh my that god. That would have been great. That would that's a great new segment you should do. Yeah. Reading reviews of like sex toys. Yeah. I know what I'm doing after the show's over. Just for fun. Um I'm gonna go with God damn, forty nine ninety nine. Please don't boo me. Ladies and gentlemen. I mean something that has like thirteen speeds. One of you has gotten it right. Marissa Jane, damn it. God damn it. Damn it. Yay. <laughs> we got to get someone to take her down. Yeah, we got to. I'm, I'm just getting my ass kicked over here. If you think you can beat me, call into the show. You were off by $2.05 on your two wrong answers. Literally. I'm so close. I'm okay. Close. So what we're going to do, I was going to, you know, well, here, the last one, number five, was the pogo fucking stick, which... You know, wait, wait, I want to hear this one. I need to explain this over the air, what this was. A chick laying on the bed with her feet on a pogo stick and a dildo on the other end of the pogo stick. So she stood up and while she's pogo sticking, oh my it's, God. It's, it's, it's by sticking the dildo in her cooter. <laughs> that. I always like who the fuck thinks of these things. Like, sits there and says, "You know what? Let's take this childhood toy. Oh my god! And just just fucking destroy it, <laughs> dude. <laughs> like, 
Well, not to mention just that, but like that means that somebody was at home. Yeah. And they were like, you know what this pogo stick couldn't use? A dildo right here. How can I make this more efficient? Right. They literally had the idea and, and they're like, you know what? We should mass sell this. They got the patent. They got the sales history. They're just like, let's just do it. Imagine anything is possible. Imagine Go to Shark Tank. Imagine, imagine the engineer that goes to his neighbor and says, dude, I just came up with the fucking greatest idea ever. I'm going to stick a dildo on my son's pogo stick. And I'm going to sell it. <laughs> like the neighbor's, the neighbor's like, like, uh, I thought you were going to cure cancer. He's like, no, nah, no. Nah. Yeah. What the fuck are you into? I'm going to clear, uh, clear loneliness. So what here, here's what we're going to do for the game show. Okay. Wait, do we have a price on the item though? Cause I just want to know. Yes. It was $175. Wow. I was way off. Yeah. Wouldn't pay more than 70 bucks. So I'm trying what to get used. Here's, we're going to do a win all. On this last one. This is the showcase, ladies and gentlemen. We're moving to the showcase. And believe it or not, we're going to go straight to, like, family ties with the showcase. <laughs> so we've been doing sex toys the whole time. Here we go. Tyler and Marissa for the game show. You need to guess a number between 6000 and 10000 What the cost of a first-class flight to the Emirat using Emiratis to Dubai? Wait. This you know what's funny? Flight? I've actually looked this up before. So the oh, closest one without going over will win the show outright. Okay, can you say that again? What would it cost to fly from LAX to Dubai using Emirati's first class? The price is in between $6,000 and $10,000 for a one-way ticket. For one person. One person. One person, one-way ticket. Yes. And I have written down the answer. My hands are here, so there's no cheating. No yeah. Google. No Google. And he already knows the fucking answer. I don't know the answer, but I definitely did look this up at one point. <laughs> For what? He's a musician. He travels. Well, no, I watched this documentary and they were like, it was a guy, he was on YouTube and he does like all these really cool travel stuff. I've seen like, this one. Yeah, I've seen the one. He does expensive shit and travels around. His name's like Samuel, I think. Yeah. And... Yeah, that's how it is. That's how I he takes a that. flight on Emiratis, and it's like the baddest flight ever. There's like three in-flight meals, and it's all first class. It's beautiful. So you have to guess between six thousand and ten thousand. Okay. A deep thought. I'm okay. Eight thousand six hundred and ninety dollars. Oh my gosh! I was gonna—I was guessing eighty-four hundred. Okay, so I might have a chance. And you—and you and what did you guess, Tyler? Eighty-four. You don't want to get specific, <laughs> no, ladies and gentlemen. For the first time in highly irritable history, we have a new fucking winner. That's not fair. Woo! We got to celebrate that one. 
I don't even know what to press right now. There we go. Everything, all the buttons. <laughs> Finally. Well, you know what? It's been a lot of fun doing that game show with the two of you. I got to tell you. Oh, hell no. You're giving me the answer. The actual price is $7,313.98. Wow. So I was over. You were way over. Yeah, both of you. Interesting. I thought it was a lot more, to be honest. I thought the guy said fourteen grand, but I think well, that's think about it. round trip. Round trip, yeah. One way is that much. Like round trip, yeah, fourteen. Yeah, yeah. So, dude, that was that's epic. Cool. You guys did great. Proud of both of you. I'm, I'm surprised at her sex toy knowledge because I you. I don't know anything <laughs> about that shit. Well, it really just like kind of shows the highly irritable fans that we're fucking weirdos. So. Thank you. Take my bow. Fuck yeah, because I'd imagine if someone, definitely someone listening, is probably like, "Wait, I have one of these things." Right. <laughs> Let me pull out my receipt. Yeah. So, Tyler, you got any plugs you want to throw out there right now? Um. Shout out to my man Daniel Watson at Topo Chico. If you've never had Topo Chico, you should definitely had it, it or have it. It's an amazing mineral water. I love it. Um. I don't know. I got put on the spot there real quick. I don't yeah. Know. I was just, I, I love Topo Chico, so I'm always going to represent those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's okay. Uh, He's yeah. still thinking about the sex toys. I'm get, Yeah, right? Yeah, I threw I'm, him off. I'm just goobered. The best way to do it is to throw your guest off with, like, weird shit and then hit him with some other weird shit. What is... I can't imagine what's next. Yeah. So, uh, boom. It's like, all right. No <laughs> well, no, man. Hey, seriously, though, Tyler, I want to say thank you for coming on the show. Um, we're going to definitely do this again. I, I hope that you come back on the show because, um, you're definitely a big advocate for depression and anxiety. And, uh, my show kind of wraps around this, our show, sorry, wraps around that along with having a lot of fun. Um, but I wanted to say thank you from the bottom of my heart, man. I'm super glad that you did this with us and, uh, hopefully we get to do it again. I would literally love that. You know, like like I said before, I just love shooting the shit. I love talking. I love getting to kind of be normal. Yeah, hundred percent. Because you know, there's a, there's a lot of stuff that you know I kind of have to have a specific face about. But like this, this stuff like this is like I, it allows me to be just normal myself and like just natural. And so it's 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 an I should be thanking you for letting me do it. <laughs> you know what I mean, like, I, no, you know, I, I was looking I, I forward to this for a long time, though. I, I literally, you know, Marissa knows, babe, right? How much do I love musicians? Oh, it, it's his favorite person or type of person to interview. Literally, sure. and and you and I have, you know, our our, our we have a lot of similarities in our background. So I, I definitely was enjoy. I enjoyed the shit out of this. It was fun. So I'm going to give you all kinds of plugs. It was two hours. Yeah. It, it, it goes by quick. It happens every yeah. time we, we, we were like, we've said, we, we do this thing every time. And I know I'm going to veer off here for a second, but we are like, okay, we got to find a way to dial it down to 30 minutes so we can do our hour and 20 minute show. Like we always do, but it never fucking happens. Every <laughs> time we get totally, you know, engulfed in the conversation with the person we're talking to, because you know, it's interesting and we want to know. Yeah. And I, I don't care how long it goes. I still post it and I leave it unedited. So this is the way it's going to go up exactly the way we're putting it down. So, I mean, it's like, you know, we're trying to spread 
awareness and also get the coolest people in the world a, a voice to the people that we are broadcasting to. So we appreciate yeah. you very much. And uh, if you guys get a chance, you can follow him at uh, at Tyler Levinson on Instagram, right? That's the handle. Uh, Tyler underscore Levinson. That's right. At Tyler underscore Levinson on Instagram. He's got Twitter. Give them um, your Twitter handle and YouTube as well because I know you have a couple uh, platforms. Um, My Instagram is Tyler underscore Levinson. Uh, My Twitter is just at Tyler Levinson. Um, And I don't have a personal YouTube, unfortunately. Okay, so the band Afterlife has one. But what I'm going to do is post that stuff on the show notes for the fans so you guys can go in and check out Afterlife's website. And you'll be able to click on Tyler Levinson's pages and see where he's at. I'll have all them up as hyperlinks. Um, and with that said, Tyler, it's been fucking real, man. For real. Thank you. Of course. Thank you, guys. Like, seriously. Like, thank you. It's like what I love to do. Like, you know what? When we're, you said like when I, when I when I hit you up and I was like, "Dude, I love it. We'd love to be a guest." And you're like, "Yo, let's do it." I was like, "Fuck yeah!" Let's go. <laughs> I was like, "Let's do it." I was pumped about it, man. Any musician that wants to come on my show, man, they're welcome with open arms. Don't give a fuck if you have two people listening to you or fifty thousand. It's the same. Musicians are all rad, and I want to talk to every single one of them. And he is gone. Well, you got your ass kicked in a game show by the lead singer of Afterlife. I don't want to talk about it. I feel like you have a story to tell for the rest of your life. I mean, it's a good one, um, but I, I'm definitely not proud of it. And I don't, I don't consider that a loss, only because I still got more points and uh, I had fun. Well, I guess if you're going to take it that way, but the showcase was the end and I was the host and I made the rules. Yeah, it was still a lot of fun though. And um, yeah, I, I want to do more game shows in the future and I like when we uh, incorporate the guests in them. I think it's more fun. I thought it was way more fun and I really enjoyed this format, especially just because he was so into it and I feel like he had a lot of fun too. Yeah, and I, I think he was definitely caught off guard and uh, surprised with my uh, guessing capabilities. He he once or twice said that he was super shocked with Marissa's sex toy knowledge, <laughs> <laughs> like of prices. <laughs> I don't know if it's so much my knowledge in sex toys or if I'm just really good at guessing prices. You do have a knack for it because when you analyzed like the the toys or like how big you thought they were or what they weighed it you put like pretty close prices on everything yeah i need to know like um what they do the description i need like the reviews the the product dimensions you know i need all the information so i can like accurately price the product right it was it was very surprising i i i truly was proud of you that Uh, you kicked his ass i take this stuff very seriously I could do this for a living. <laughs> <laughs> I, if you need me to price your sex toys or any any stuff in a 
particular. Just, uh, you know, go to my Instagram. Uh, just yeah. Kidding. No, reach out to us on the website. <laughs> yeah. Reach out <laughs> to me. I can um, come price your products for you. We, we not only will help you with your podcast strategy and marketing strategy, but Marissa will help you price any type of merchandise or sex toys. Yes. Or I, sex toys. I am free. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, should I hit the final thoughts or what? Yeah, definitely. Okay, so I have a different strategy for final thoughts for this show. And this is going to be the only show that I'm going to do this on. I'm going to include you in my final thought. Oh, you're so sweet. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, so I have a question for you. Okay. Is it becoming more and more prevalent well actually is that the right word is it becoming more is it coming is it becoming easier to understand your anxiety talking to all of these people that have it i definitely think so um i'm i'm finding it that um more people are more relatable to me you know i'm very um introverted and I, I have um, very bad social anxiety uh, where you are very extroverted and you do not suffer from social anxiety. So we definitely der- uh, differ with our anxiety. And there's so many different kinds. Um, so talking to all these different kinds of people is so helpful. And I just love getting like everybody's different perspective and just hearing their side of like what they deal with. And yeah, it's definitely eye-opening. Well, this episode, this episode was a, was very special in the sense that we talked to somebody that is extremely anxiety-stricken and depressed-stricken to, to, like, where it's almost at your level and my level. Like, I, well, maybe even more. Who knows, right? Right. But the other thing you have to look at, and the reason why I included you in this final thought, was because the more and more we talk to people like this, the more and more I find out that they're just like us. Right, and it, you feel a little less alone. It's not just less alone for me. It's more that you and I can accomplish anything if we put our mind to it. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. I mean, look at how successful all of these people are. I mean, it, it definitely um, helps you to understand that you cannot let your anxiety and your depression um, hold you back, that you are still completely capable of doing anything that you set your mind to. And the other thing you have to remember is that a majority of people like me where you get to that point in your life and all of a sudden you're like, wow, I have anxiety and depression. Or like where you're at where depression, anxiety come in and out in phases at the moment and you have your good days or your good months and you have your bad months that these people have all been through the same thing at one point or another. And they chose to rise up instead of go to sleep. Right. But none of them, when we're talking to them, 
feel like they're failing. And I think they've all been pretty damn real with us. I have yet to have a guest on the show with you and I where I looked at you afterwards and said that was a fake. That was a phony. Right. They were faking it the whole show. You know? Yeah. I think um, every person we've talked to has been very real and open. And I appreciate that on so many different levels because, you know, we haven't had anybody who tried to like mask the fact, you know, that Mm -hmm. everything is perfect. 100%. You know, and it's just like a breath of fresh air knowing that people aren't perfect and we can push through like the day-to-day things and life is hard and we do go through rough patches and, you know, it's about how, how you're able to get yourself up Mm -hmm. and, you know, push through and cope. Right. Yeah. And, and, and again, that's why I wanted you on final thoughts because I wanted you to analyze this with me because it's very important that we both understand. I love that he opened up to about having a therapist. Yeah. Because that is also another thing that not everybody likes to talk about. You know, some people do like to, you know, kind of put on the facade, like I can do this myself. Well, like, it's, I don't need help. It, it sometimes is like an embarrassment because, you know, someone with that much um, bravado right. or charisma, mm-hmm. it would be kind of you know like wow they have to go to a therapist you know but realistically with all the things that are going on in the world right now the biggest thing that i've seen lately is that there is a huge light right now shining on depression and anxiety and it came from covid because a lot of people realized holy shit i have it like and i didn't even know right um and mental health matters. It does because just like me, I have medical anxiety. Like I constantly think something's wrong with me. Right. Or that I'm going to have a stroke or that my heart's going to give out and I'm afraid to die, you know? And like everybody on the show, they've all kind of hit that too during this time period. They've readjusted and taken a closer look at it. So I just think it's funny We're on, you know, episode 16. We buried 15 last week. We had three interviews in a row, back to back to back. And all three of these people had very interesting stories to tell us. Um, Was it four, though? Was it four interviews or or three? Uh, Three. We had Sean. We had Sean. We had Marianne. Devin. And Tyler. Devin, so four back to back to back Mm -hmm. to back. Right. So, and it's just funny to me, though, because I guess during my final thoughts, I wanted to make it clear to the audience that, you know, Marissa and I are two totally different people. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's, there's no doubt about it. We're two different people. We have two different wavelengths as far as the way we think. And somehow it works. But we also have two types of things going on that are dark, and yet it still works. And yet we're sitting here doing podcasts with you and the most introverted person I know who would rather just kind of like chill out with the people she knows versus meeting new people is doing a podcast. So if you think you can't do it, 
you definitely need to understand that you can and stop worrying about all that stuff. Like just hit, hit the record button, hit the the button on the camera and take a video, you know, write it down, do what you got to do. But like all of this is just really funny to me. And I've thought about it a lot, especially throughout the interview right now with Tyler. I just kept thinking like, wow, you know, wow. Like how much do we have so much in common with all these people? It's just, there's one different thing in all of them. They like us had the mentality of fuck it. I'm going to do it. Yes. I'm going to go for it and I'm not going to be afraid. And like Devin said, who gives a fuck if you fail or if someone says you sucks because it's okay to suck. Right. And like Sean said, what else do I have to lose? Right? Mm-hmm. And like Marianne said, you're excellent people. You're excellent parents. So it all ties in together. And then there's Tyler, right? Bringing it home for the fourth interview in a row. And our next show is not going to be an interview. It's going to be a real show again with me and you talking again and just having some fun and, you know, doing game shows or whatever. But I wanted to tie that all in and just bring you in with me and and allow us to have that kind of aha moment, like they say on the Curse of Oak Island all the time, that irritates me. (laughs) It's an aha moment where you can sit there and genuinely look at me and I can look at you and tell you, like, these people are no different than us. Right. And they just happen to want to come on our podcast. Isn't that cool? It's awesome. It is awesome. Yeah. And you can learn so much from everyone. Yep. Every person you meet has something they can offer you to learn from. And you just got to know where to take it from. And everybody has a story and everybody's interesting. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. So, if you guys just happen to run into Marissa and I on the street. Yeah. And, you know, we're together. Just stop us and say hi. Or don't. Because we're on a date. (laughs) Well, no, I want you guys to say hi. Say hi. Try to give us a hug. You know, push, push Marissa's boundaries. Yeah. You know? And then I want you guys to look at both of us in the eye. Real like hard. Right through our soul, into the back of our heads, and tell us, go fuck yourself. 